right, everyone. Welcome to my Keeping It Casual podcast. Today, I have Mr. Doggo Dude uh, of TikTok fame. That's primarily primarily where you're at, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, Mr. Doggo Dude, the Magic Boy. Um, yeah, I'm mostly on TikTok. Seventeen point five thousand followers. <laughs> nice, nice. I've tried to get a foothold into Twitter, but I've just about given up. Uh, after a year, I've only got like five hundred followers or something like that. But it could yeah, always I'm change. A, I'm a TikToker at heart. Nice, nice. Do you have any other? You're on YouTube too, right? Technically, um, but really, it was just a dumping ground on YouTube Shorts. I was putting a bunch of my like what I thought were my funnier TikToks, mm-hmm. uh, but they they bombed so hard over there, and um, so I kind of just gave up on it. I don't think I've uploaded anything there. In oh, really? What, what do you months. mean by bombed? Like they're not getting like great views on them or something? Or yeah and i mean this is probably a a broader conversation about creators and not giving ourselves a break but Mm -hmm. you know and maybe i was going at this with the wrong mentality but i was using the same metrics that i go by on tiktok and to me Mm -hmm. like anything less than 500 views is like an absolute bomb Mm -hmm. and anything less than a thousand so like it between 500 and a thousand wouldn't call that a bomb i would just call it a a small failure um Mm. so yeah like i try to shoot for a minimum of a thousand views per video and over on shorts i was lucky if i was hitting triple digits sometimes Mm. like uh uh so on on tiktok i i did the whole soul theme thing where where i was talking about replacement effects and you know the the it started with the math challenges and, and stuff like that and those got like so much, you know, traction and everything over on TikTok. And I think on uh, YouTube shorts, it got like 72 views and mm. not even a single thumb up or a comment or nothing. And I was like, okay, well, you know. Well, did, did you start out on TikTok first or did you yeah. do both at the same time? Or Technically, yeah. When it comes to the magic stuff, I actually had a, a YouTube account like many, many years ago with about mm. 2000 followers, but it's i'm not too proud of it and uh it's it's very cringy so i've kind of buried it to the annals of time okay um, i was gonna ask yeah. more about that but if you want to keep yeah. that in, we... <laughs> now it i'm kind of curious it, it was fresh out of high school doggo dude uh mm. trying to be internet famous and it's it's very cringe i uh yeah then i just kind of did nothing online until the pandemic uh, and then I hopped into TikTok, and it's just kind of been off to the races ever since. Mm, okay, what 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 got you into like content creation? Like, what what's your whole background and your whole history with that? Yeah, so I feel like there's two eras of my answer, right? So I've kind mm. of like you know we're the same age, we're the generation that grew up with content creators, right? Like mm. uh, late middle school, early high school is when like YouTube was really becoming a thing. And, you know, I grew up watching Game Grumps and, you know, uh, all these different like nerdy things. Um, And like, like I always wanted to do that. The idea of being able to like make a living and build a community and be like pseudo mini famous off of something that I already love to do and, you know, be a part of just always enticed me. I've, I've like, not to go on a weird deep dive into my actual personality, but like, I've never been one of those people that had like a solid dream for life. You know what I mean? Like I've always envied people that were like, I want to be a doctor. I'm going to be a neuroscientist. I was like, man, I just, I just want my bills to be paid. Like, I don't really care how I get there. Right. Mm -hmm. And then seeing all these content creators, seeing all these famous YouTubers making you know, this, this empire for themselves, hiring teams, having offices, making goofy videos on the internet. I was like, eh, that's something close to a dream. Like that would yeah. be fun. Um, but then yeah. actual life got in the way and I did nothing about it. Um, and then, yeah, yeah. the, the pan, the pandemic happened, which I think kind of pushed a lot of people in that direction. So yeah, that, that was kind of like around, I think a bit after the pandemic is when I started, I think around 20, 22 end of 2022 okay um i guess everyone was just kind of feeling like that 
I don't know, for me, I felt like that dread of like just being stuck at home and like things are crappy and life sucks and stuff like that. And like, uh, yeah. I just wanted to do something like for myself. I, I, I'm similar to you where like, I didn't really have a solid plan for life. I, I just kind of like, if things came to me, like that's just kind of what I did. And like, for me, making content creation was like, uh, or going for content creation was like the one time where I like actually did something for myself or tried something for myself and see where, where it pans out. I don't yeah. know if that's the same for you. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, for me, I, I would say probably the initial driving motivator was, um, so I had, I had had a TikTok since TikTok started, but I wasn't doing anything. I was a, mm -hmm. you know, a casual viewer or mm -hmm. um, a silent mafia as we used to call them in the MTG community. Um, mm -hmm. and like, it just felt different, like something about TikTok, and it's and it's why I've enjoyed making content on TikTok versus like YouTube and Twitter. I feel like on other platforms, you're making a product for other people to view, versus on TikTok, it feels more interactive. It's like I'm not making a product, I'm just being myself. And even in like my skits that are produced and stuff like that, it's still like I'm joking around with my friends. My audience mm -hmm. feels like my friends. And mm -hmm. so when the pandemic struck, you know, um, I'm, I'm a pretty naturally outgoing person. Like I'm very extroverted, um, just been that way since I was a child. And so when the pandemic happened and now everyone's locked behind closed doors and, you know, I couldn't even see my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, but back then we had been dating for four or five years and we'd been friends since high school. And then all of a sudden I'm not allowed to see her, you know, cause she, she was living with her, uh, parents who are on the older side. So for precaution sake, um, oh, and I still had to go to work. So like I was still going to my place of work, risking getting infected. So I couldn't see my friends. I couldn't see my family. I couldn't see my, you know, girlfriend at the time. And so this extroverted person got instantly turned into an introvert against my mm -hmm. will. But then I had this little app and I was like, you know, I've always really liked this. You know, I like the communities I'm a part of and, the, and, and you know, commenting and stuff. What if I just, I don't know threw it out there. And then, yeah, that first five videos or so, the, the experience was just so positive that it just kind of almost became like a daily routine, you know, like one of those things. And I think a lot of us were, were dealing with this during the pandemic. We were mm -hmm. trying to come up with reasons to keep us going, right? Like it was, yeah. things were so bleak, things were so depressing that it was like every morning you wake up, you know, some of us asked ourselves like, what's, what's the point? What are we waking up for? Why, you know, they're freezing yeah. rent payments. They're giving out unemployment. Why am I even bothering to go to a job? Why am I even bothering to wake up? I'm just going to stay in bed all day and wither away. And it, and it was almost like uh, giving me this little routine of like, well, no, I have to post a video every day. And then I got to come mm. up with a video every day. So, you know, and then I got to, you know, this, that, and the other. And, and it kind of kind of kept me going. It, and then once the pandemic ended. something that was like, like uh, motivating for you to kind of keep you like going in like those bleak times kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, for sure. And then, and then by the time the pandemic ended, I had just built such a community that it was like, you know, it, it, it changed less of like a reason to keep going to like, Oh, this is actually something I enjoy doing now. And when it was no longer a daily routine that was keeping me, you know, from losing my mind and I had the option to walk away from it, then I made the choice that like, I don't want to walk away from this. This is really fun. Like I'm, I'm enjoying my time on this app. So mm. that's yeah. awesome. Bit of a long winded it's, answer, but there you go. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Um, yeah. TikTok does feel different from like the other apps. Uh, I agree with what you say, how it's kind of like more like, I guess t TikTok made it accessible for anyone to kind of become a creator as opposed to like YouTube where you have to kind of build a following. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Um, and it's, that, and it's the interactions like too. Like, like I'm not too good at articulating this point, but like back when I was on YouTube, it feels like I'm talking to my audience versus on TikTok. It feels like I'm talking with my audience. And I think mm -hmm. part of it is the features of the app, the stitching, the duetting, the, the fact that I can click on your comment and turn it into a whole video. Um, 
and and I know now, like lately these days, there's a lot less stitching and a lot less duetting going on, mainly because of the you know the the beta program doesn't allow it. So a lot of the mm. people who are making money on the app just cannot do those things. But mm. like I think yeah. it's just such an ingrained emotion that's been around since the start that it's like you know yeah it's yeah. it's far more interactive. Yeah, that's kind of sad that they don't they don't promote that even more. Like it's the so collaborative, stupid. like TikTok. I guess was kind of more like collaborative with like stitches and stuff like that. And not like, that's what made it unique. That's what made it good. I mean, it's a lot of short form content too. And it's like snackable content, I guess, but yeah, absolutely. I, they should, they should push that more. They should, they should. And it's, it's really sad. Like, you know, I hate to be content creator number 400 to complain about this, but it is what it is. TikTok's mm. going in a direction that is fairly depressing for me. Um, because mm. it's where I've built my audience, it's where I've done all my work, it's where I've, you know, cultivated my existence on the internet. And now it's becoming a, you know, QVC shopping network, um, the, the the monetization program, literally disqualifying people if you stitch and duet, uh, videos need to be a minute now. And it's it's just like, all these little things that they're implementing, it's slowly killing what made TikTok fun and what made it unique. And now it's becoming every other social media app out there. In fact, maybe even worse because of all the the TikTok shop crap. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm not crazy about the direction that they're taking it right now. Yeah, and YouTube's been more of a focus for me. Um, hopefully, it changes in the in the future. But what what got you into like magic specifically? Did you always do like magic content, or did you? do like certain, like just threw things out, uh, see what stuck to the wall kind of thing or? Yeah, so so this is actually like a fun, interesting story that a lot of people uh, don't know. So very, very brief history. I played Magic when I was a child. Uh, seventh edition immediately got out by, was, was the next set called eighth edition? Or, or did it start having a name after seventh edition? Uh, no, the next one was eighth edition. Well, the next okay. core set I think was eighth edition, but I think okay. around that time it was like torment or something like that. Torment block or something. Okay. Yeah. See, I was a child. I, I didn't understand blocks. I didn't understand yeah. sets. I just remember I the sure little seven in the corner. Uh, I remember raging goblin being my favorite card, but anyway, <laughs> so played magic for like less than a year back in like 2000, 2001, whenever seventh edition was, um, got out of the game. Uh, played competitive Yu-Gi-Oh for a few years, um, oh. got into Pokemon. Then uh, middle school and high school happened, and I got uh, into, you know, trying to be one of the normie kids and kind of got away from TCGs altogether. And then mm. fast forward to, uh, again, the pandemic. And um, I had been playing D&D for a few years. Uh, I actually got into D&D while I was in the Army. Um, it was, mm. you know, because D&D is a great game that you can play in the middle of the woods because um, you don't even really need a dice to play D&D. If, if you get creative enough, you can just kind of role play through it. You don't need books. You don't mm. need papers. You can play a very base version of D&D with nothing. And so it's great for like mm. soldiers and stuff like that. And so I loosely got into D&D through the military, got out of the military. A um, few years go by, pandemic happens. And I have a, a small group of friends who we had been meeting up for D&D just prior to the pandemic. And then the early days of the pandemic, we were all still going to work. So we were like, you know, we're okay meeting up to play D&D and kind of violating the safety protocols because we're already violating the safety protocols to make a living. So screw it. We're all going to die anyway. That, that, that was our terrible mentality. Um, <laughs> and my, my, my DM at the time, um, we had been like just shooting the shit one day before a game and Godzilla came up somehow and I'm a, like a massive Godzilla fan. It's, it's one of the fandoms that like I'm actually most passionate about, but weirdly enough, never talk about. Um, yeah. I've seen every single Godzilla thing that's ever existed. I've got merch, I've got DVDs, like I've all yeah. of it. And you, you've uh, got a big knowledge about a lot of fandoms. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, well the two big ones, it's the things I talk about the least Godzilla and Power Rangers. I know yeah. I'm like an encyclopedia of those two topics. Yeah, and actually, I'll give you a Power little. Rangers. I'll throw you uh, a bone from earlier. My 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 YouTube channel from 2010 was a Power Rangers channel, um, oh. and it, it dealt a lot okay. with like matching up different Rangers. Like, if this Ranger ever met this Ranger, who would win in a fight? It was 
That sounds interesting to me. It could be now. Back then, it was it was pretty bad. I was using like mm-hmm. a Chromebook. But anyway, I'm getting way mm-hmm. off topic. So mm-hmm. we're 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 getting ready for a D and D session. We're talking about Godzilla, and he goes like, "Oh, do you play Magic the Gathering?" And I was like, "I I think I remember playing that when I was a kid." And he pulls up uh, a picture of the Mecha Godzilla card from Ikoria. And this this was just prior to Call Time coming out, so I believe Ikoria was right before Call Time, right? And uh, I, yes, I believe yeah. so. So that set was wrapping up. I uh, Call Time was about to start, and yeah, he shows me this card, and I'm like, "Yo, that's the coolest uh, thing ever!" So I go out you. on yeah, I go out on eBay and I buy I buy the Mecha Godzilla card. And I, and I come to my next session and I show him, I'm like, yo, I got the card. This is so great. And he's like, awesome. Are you going to get the rest? And I was like, wait, the rest. (laughs) And he shows me that it was a whole, it was a whole thing. You know, that there was Godzilla, there was Biolante, there was Mothra, there was Mothra's egg. There was Japanese exclusive ones. And I was like, oh, you bastard, you bastard, you got me, you hooked, you hooked me in. Then, then, then he explained to me how the sets work. And he was like, oh, well, you know, these were a part of a set called Ikoria that's all about giant monsters and kaijus and shit. I'm like, and I'm in, and I'm yeah, in. They um, got you. The universe, not yep. the universe beyond. They, they got Technically, you it wasn't the, uh, called it that end. But yeah, it, that's right. Yeah, which I hate that, by the way. I really think they should have retroactively just called all that stuff universes beyond. It's, mm. it's, so, it's so confusing the way the brand works because like Walking Dead and Godzilla are not universes beyond. There's a couple mm-hmm. secret layers that came out that were not universes beyond, but then eventually universes beyond came to mean anything outside the magic universe with the exception of the things that came out before. It's just so confusing. Yeah. That, that was wizards, I guess, testing different kind of things and it wasn't set then, but then they saw that, I guess it was popular enough so that they made it an actual thing, but yeah. um, continuing your story about, um, about magic. Oh yeah. So, so, so yeah, so then then uh, I got my first precon. I got the um, uh, AC. I forget what the name Ooh, of the deck is. That's a good but one. It was the yeah the blue green AC deck. It was really good. Um, then I got the um, the Anawan precon uh, sneak attack. I think it was, and mm. that's when I really started to learn how complex the game can get because of the like the mm. mill ability and stuff like that. Um, and then my first ever custom commander deck that I built was Ren and Siri. Um, and it was cause you know, Mr. Doggo dude, I love dogs. Mm. I'm a huge dog person. I'm a huge rescue person. Like I, every animal I've owned since I was a child has been a rescue. And so when, you know, my buddy, he's really trying to get those hooks in, keeps showing me more and more stuff. He's like, Hey, you really love animals. There's a commander that's literally a dog and a cat cuddling and you get to make more dogs and cats. And I was like, Oh, I'm making this deck. <laughs> um, so, so then that. Just, just to make sure, you know, I'm, I'm not completely off topic. This mm-hmm. leads to the content thing. So mm-hmm. my DM and I, we're getting closer. We're getting, you know, we're bonding over magic. And he's one of those guys that, like, he's a deck-building savant. Like, all of his decks are high-tier, competitive. He's got, like, 109 decks. Half of them are CEDH. Half of them are just grossly, disgustingly powerful. Um, he's one of those guys, right? So... Mm-hmm. I'm going through this simultaneous change in my life where I'm wanting to get into TikTok um, and I'm just getting into magic. And I said, you know what? You know, I'm on TikTok looking at, you know, dancing videos and comedy videos, but what I'm not seeing is a whole lot of Magic the Gathering. There's very few Magic the Gathering creators. Because back then, this was when Mm -hmm. it was like Z-Bex and Big Dan and Chef MTG. Like those, Mm -hmm. there was like maybe 30 content creators mm-hmm. doing magic That's TikTok. Probably when it was kind of new, right? When TikTok was still yeah. fairly new. Yeah. I think it had been out for about a year, but but mm. the but the the nerd spaces had not cultivated yet. Yeah. That seems um, new for like a platform like that to me. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. So so I had this I had this brilliant idea, you know, smarter than everyone in the room. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna make Magic the Gathering popular on TikTok. And uh I came up with this idea. It was originally supposed to be a two-person channel. It was going to be me and my DM. And the original mm. name of my channel was Deckmaster MTG, um, mm. which funnily enough, 
I did not get from the back of the card. I didn't find oh. out till like months later that I never made the connection. My oh, wow. what what the channel was going to be was I was like, hey, you're really good at building decks. You're very smart about this game, but you don't have the the best like talking skills. The best you're not the most outgoing <laughs> guy. So mm -hmm. what if I was the face of the TikTok and you were the like generator of the content, right? Like you you explain to me how your decks work, how you got to that conclusion. I'll make a video breaking it down. We'll we'll call ourselves deck master and we'll be like, you know, the the deck masters of the game. And mm -hmm. he was all for it. He was all, you know, down for it. I made the account, signed up with the email, set everything up. Um we just one thing after another didn't make the videos and then like mm. two or three weeks after i uh made the tiktok our D, &D group fell apart and it was a combination yeah. of you know inter-party arguing people not getting along the pandemic i think was just getting to a lot of us mm. um family members were starting to get sick we were starting to you know realize how stupid it was that seven or eight of us were meeting up in person every week during a pandemic and so the group just completely fell apart and now i'm back home with this tiktok account and all these magic cards and i'm like well shit i just got into this game that i now can't play because my group doesn't get together anymore and i started just looking at who was in the magic space at the time um stumbled upon the professor started watching his youtube videos uh stumbled onto like big dan uh edh outlaws ricky back then um, like all these different guys. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. Stop talking about it. Stop overthinking it. Just do it. Just make some videos. And I made some like, you know, just stupid videos of just like, what's your favorite card? This is my favorite card. Like very like, you know, mm -hmm. easy to churn out content. Um, and the mm -hmm. response was just so good that it just rolled from there. And then mm -hmm. how I changed my name. I actually hate my name, Mr. Doggo, dude, I hate it. Every time <laughs> I hear it, I cringe a little inside. Um, it was just a filler. It was a filler because I had to get rid of the deck master name. I was like, I don't know enough about this game. I can't call myself the deck master. That's, that's a ridiculous nickname for me. Mm. Again, didn't make the connection that the word was on the back of the card. Yeah. Um, so then I was like, well, I only really have one deck that I play. It's Ren and Siri. And I like dogs. What, whatever. MTG Doggo, dude. Um, cause back then it was MTG, not Mr. And, uh, yeah, so I changed the name and then started getting more followers, started building a brand. People started recognizing me by that. And it now was just like, damn it, it, I'm too deep now. I can't change yeah. it. So here we are. That's, that's the lore behind Doggo Dude. Dang. It all started because of Mecha Godzilla. That's great. I have no, since made non-magic content, but for the first year I was on the app, it was a hundred percent, nothing but magic. Dang, nice, solid, yep. having that solid start in the beginning and then being able to, to continue that till now. Do you feel like, um, like, I feel like you're kind of like a person of action. If there's something that like you want to do, like you'll do it. Would you say that's, that's fairly correct? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's fair to, fair to say. And I think it, again, just kind of stems back from the extroverted nature um, mm. and, and also a little bit of my upbringing, you know, my, my dad was, you know, not a great fella, but he did instill some wisdom in me. And one of the wisdoms that he always would get like mad if I went in the other direction was what is the worst that will happen? Right. Whenever mm. you want to do something, whenever you want to say something, whenever you want to, um, you know, if you're thinking about reaching out to a creator or you're thinking about making a style of video, you always have to ask yourself, what's the worst that's going to happen? And if the worst that's going to happen is not that bad, just do it, right? And and so, like, yeah, if if there's something online where, you know, it's like, you know, try to, try to put a foot into Twitter. Yeah, I was a little hesitant at first, but I was like, what's the worst that happened? Nobody follows me. Okay, yeah. cool. I, I, waste, often... I waste 20 seconds a day tweeting. Cool. Mm -hmm. So I think we often, like, kind of get in our own heads. We find, like reasons to not do things and we kind of beat ourselves up. And, um, I think it's great that you have that kind of mentality. Um, I don't know if, do you ever have like doubts about your, your content or like doing something or 
all the time, <laughs> all the time. So this is, this is like, I've actually had this conversation with a few people, you know, who I've had to metaphorically talk off a ledge because, you know, they, they do see creators like me and they go like, man, I just, I wish I just had the confidence that you have. And the truth is whether you're extroverted, whether you're introverted, whether you're suffering from depression, whether you're, uh, uh, what's the, um, neurotypical, whether you're neurodivergent, all of us are faking it until we make it. Every mm -hmm. single one of us doubts ourselves. Um, professional athletes, you know, like, I, I don't care what anyone says. LeBron James doubts himself all the time. He's a human. Every human wakes up and it, I forget. I was going to try to sound super philosophical here, but I, but I can't remember who the quotes from. Mm -hmm. I remember it from the movie coach Carter, but it was like, our biggest fear is not that we that we're not good enough. Our biggest fear is that we are good enough. And how dare we? Like, who are we mm. to shine? Right, kind of thing. Mm. Where it's like, you know, every time I make a video and and it starts to pick up traction, I'm like, who am I to get these views? I'm just some dickhead on the internet. When there's other people who are making better stuff, they're the ones who you should go be viewing, not my stuff. Mm. But then I don't know. You just kind of. I don't know that you, you ever really get over that. I think you you just have to tell yourself to shut up and keep going. Mm, you know? mm -mm. So it's something that you do have in the internal monologue sometimes, but you kind of just oh all the time. Do you like take a step back and just like just say like this isn't necessarily true, or like do you just push through it kind of thing? Or I, I think my abstract strategy... question. I know. Yeah, no, no, it's great. And, and, and I've never really actually put a lot of thought into it. Um, I think my strategy for at least the last couple of years has just been not to think about it too much because if you start to have that internal dialogue, you know, most of us are our biggest critics. The mm -hmm. more you think about it, the more you're going to talk yourself out of it. Mm -hmm. So like, cause I've, I've heard what some people will do is, is they'll, they'll shoot a video They'll put it in their drafts. They'll come back the next day. And if they still like it, they'll post it. I think that's dangerous. If mm -hmm. I did that, I would never post a video because yeah, I go true. through this roller coaster of emotions where I shoot a video. I watch it back one time. I giggle. I hit post. I hate it. I think about deleting it. I don't. I start to love it again. Then I start to hate it again. And then I just walk away and go, you know what? Let the, let the internet gods decide. And if mm. it bombs, then it reassures what I was thinking, right? And then I just try to adjust accordingly. Um, and if it does really well, then I'm like, okay, maybe I was wrong, which does occasionally happen. I am wrong mm -hmm. sometimes. That's a great um, process that of, of making content, I think. I think maybe all of us are kind of like perfectionists a little bit in our, in our minds. And oh, yeah. I think that kind of mentality is very dangerous where things have to be a certain way before we post it onto the internet, not, not even just the internet, but just in general. And that prevents us from like, even making the mistakes to learn from, to be able to mm -hmm. make better, whatever that we're trying to make better of. I think one of the biggest fear with up and coming content creators is they think their failures are going to hurt them more than they actually will. Mm. You know, I, you can have a video get 52 views and then have a video do 10,000 the next video right? Putting out a bad video is not going to kill your account. So do it, right? Mm -hmm. If you, if you're not a hundred percent satisfied with the video, but it's done and it's ready, put it out, put it out there. Let the world decide. Because like I said, we're our biggest critics in this world. Mm -hmm. And half the time we psych ourselves out and, you know, bigger creators have talked about this ad nauseum that the amount of videos that they have deleted that were probably their big, you know, their next big viral thing it's probably in the thousands mm -hmm. so i just personally i go the exact opposite route i don't delete anything if mm -hmm. i got as far as filming it it's making it onto the internet in, in some shape or form and then i will i will take notes accordingly and i will figure out you know what i can do better next time mm -hmm. i think i need to do do that a little more i i'm i'm a bit of a perfectionist too so like like if something doesn't feel right i i do what you said before about like sitting on it and then the next day coming back to it and like i'm like ah, i don't i don't know how i quite feel about it but there are some videos where i feel like i didn't like as much and then like i just went ahead and posted it and like they did fine or they did like really great so like yeah i guess 
sometimes we're not the greatest judge of like our own content and yeah. it's kind of not really on us to decide what's good or not. No. And it's, and it's because we're, we're looking for faults that don't exist and we're harping on faults that don't matter. You know, mm. like I've, I've made videos that are still on my channel cause I don't delete anything. If I've made it, it's still there. And I've, I've made videos that I hated that I was like, Oh man, this is cringy. I can't believe I posted this. This is the end of Mr. Doggo dude. And then I have people messaging me and being like, I loved that video. It was hilarious. People following me because of it. People in my real life being like, oh man, we saw your video. It was so funny. I showed everyone at work and they laughed. And I'm like, was I wrong? And it's, yeah, I mean, we hmm. we harp on ourselves too much. And we're trying to like, literally sometimes it'll be like, oh, I don't know, you know, uh, the, the, the audio quality was really bad. But then everyone I talk to, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, you're wrong. You're looking for a fault that does not mm. exist. The audio quality was fine. Well, yeah, mm. but what about the cuts were kind of bad? Who cares? You're focusing on a fault that does not matter. What mm. matters is the message you sent, the joke you told. We enjoyed your content. Keep making more. It's, mm. yeah. Something something that I, like, think about often is kind of, um, I guess the, the, the biggest fear of all content creators, is, which is getting canceled or something like that, or political correctness, <laughs> especially in the Magic the Gathering space where, like, being PC, they're more left-leaning, I feel like, with, with their kind oh, of ideals. Sure. So, like, I know that's something that I think about often, but um, I guess, like, with the content that you make, uh, it's kind of more, like, I don't know, rage-baity, I guess, is, is what <laughs> people say, right? I hate um, that term, but it's it, but it's not inaccurate. Um, um, yeah, <laughs> but I, I feel like that kind of like gives you more of like trying things out um, to like kind of stir up some sort of uh, emotion and see how that is. And I mean, you haven't you haven't been canceled yet, so like <laughs> like maybe like yeah. being a little bit bolder with our content and not trying to worry so much about like how people are going to perceive it. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a white heterosexual bearded man on the internet. Of course, cancellation has crossed my mind a couple times, um, but ultimately, I think where I stand on this topic is that getting canceled is—I don't even know how to word this. It's not as much of a risk as people I think make it sound, because mm -hmm. when you really go through and look at all the people that have been canceled on the internet, whether it's the Magic the Gathering space or actual real-life celebrities, they didn't get canceled for having opinions. They didn't get canceled for being Christians. They didn't get canceled for being conservatives. They got canceled for being bigots. They got canceled for being racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, ableist, like whatever category of bigotry you want to, you know, throw in there, that's what gets people canceled. And I guess for me, I just, the fear doesn't really cut, get to me because I know I'm none of those things. And, mm -hmm. you know, I know mm -hmm. there, there was a push for a little while. Um, cause, cause I do occasionally, uh, step into the sphere of controversy and politics when it relates to my community. For example, there was a member of the, uh, Magic the Gathering community who went after a woman creator and was saying really misogynistic things in her comments. So I came to her defense and it was then revealed that this person was also super transphobic. So I made videos calling them out. We had a back and forth and there was, it was a huge shit show. It was an awful experience. The point that I'm getting at with that story is that this person tried to spin a narrative that like I was trying to cancel them because they were Christian and that, the MTG community is not welcoming to religious people. And that's just not mm. the case. There are a lot of Christian folk in the Magic Gathering space. There are a lot of Jewish folk. There are a lot of Muslim folk. There are a lot of Buddhist folk. Your religion does not matter so long as you are not a bigot, right? Um, and, and when you're out there advocating for, you know, the eradication of certain genders or certain ideologies, then it's like, yeah, you're going to get canceled. And... For someone like me, it's like, no one's going to cancel me for kicking a deck of cards, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. They're going to kick, uh, they're going to cancel me if I come out and say that women don't belong in my space. 
that's what gets you canceled. And I guess just at the end of the day, the message that I want to send to all creators is that it's not that hard to not be a bigot. It's, Mm -hmm. it's not, um, you know, we, we can even, there's examples of people in at least the TikTok space. I'm not super knowledgeable of the MTG community outside of the TikTok space, but in the TikTok space early on, we had a character, um, I'm not afraid to say names before I continue. Are you fine if I say names? Um, if it's there are people that are not I'll around. Bleep it. it out. Okay, that's fine. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, it's 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 a pet peeve of mine when when people tell like full length stories about a controversy, but then they're like, "But I won't say who. I'll say mm. who." There was a guy <laughs> in the community, Nordic MTG. He popped in out of nowhere. He was being an absolute dickhead, and then he made a joke about the mentally handicapped. Basically, mm. he said that if you play tribal decks, you belong on the short bus. Mm. And that didn't sit well with a lot of the TikTok Magic the Gathering community because they were, uh, there's a lot of neurodivergent people in the community. There's a lot of people on the spectrum. There's a lot of people who were forced onto the quote unquote short bus as a kid. So mm. to use it as a joke for people who yeah. play tribal decks didn't cool. sit well. And they got called out for it. They started doubling down. And somebody looked into their Facebook and found a bunch of transphobic and racist posts, and we all collectively canceled that person. I think that was justified, right? Mm. Versus like me, I tell people that their basic lands are ugly and I kick cards. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about the community canceling me over that because it's I'm not a bigot. I'm not a terrible person. At the end of the day, my jokes are maybe a little mean-spirited sometimes, but they are not at the expense of a group of people. And as mm-hmm. long as your content is not at the expense of a group of people, I truly think you'll be fine. And then mm-hmm. obviously, as long as you're not out there committing terrible, heinous crimes towards people, yeah. like, you know, the R word and things like that, don't do those things. But I don't think that should have to be said. If if you have mm-hmm. to be told not to do those things to not get canceled on TikTok, you're probably a bad person. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess like... Part of it for me also is kind of like working to be a better person. Um, like, not that like I'm a bigot, at least I don't think I am, but um, like, <laughs> I don't think you uh, Thank you. Thank you for that confirmation. Um, but like, <laughs> you know, like I worry about things and maybe like I'm being too nitpicky, but like, you know, being more inclusive with my language. Um, like, so like if I see something like you guys or something like that, like I feel like, oh man, maybe I should not. Maybe I should say it something. So I've been saying like folks a lot more rather than guys. I, I um, say folks and y'all because y'all is yeah, y'all is for all. Y'all. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I love – I saw a shirt that says y'all is for all. So mm. yeah. But actually that's, that's a great point you bring up because – and here's some advice I can give mm. to other specifically cisgendered male creators. But real specifically any of my white folk out there listening um, – It's a great thing to try to be more inclusive. You're going to mess up. You're going to fail. You're going to fall short. Mm -hmm. Just accept it when it happens, accept the criticism, and move on. Because it has happened to me a few times. Um, For example, there's there's a word. I'm not going to say it because it is offensive to some. Mm -hmm. Um, It is. It starts with a J, and it's usually in the context of like when – it's another way of saying, oh, what a ripoff. But it starts with a J. You can connect the dots. Um, I, I used that word very frequently back in the day. I didn't know there was any connotation to it. I thought it was Mm. just a word that meant Mm -hmm. like, oh, I've been ripped off. And then I did it in a video once and somebody pointed out to me that was like, Hey, that word is actually pretty offensive, uh, to like an entire culture of people. Um, cause it's short for gypsy, which if that doesn't Mm -hmm. help, you know, what word it is, uh, Google it later. Um, Mm -hmm. Which, which is a slur, basically, for the, the Roma people. And at first, I was like, are you really? Because anyone who's familiar with my content, you know that if you leave a critiquing comment on my videos, you are likely going to get trolled. I just, I'm not a fan of unsolicited advice. <laughs> and that was my initial gut reaction, was that this person was like, this is stupid. Like, are you really going to try to cancel me because I used a word? And then I Googled it. And I, and I did some research and I was like, okay, there are people that find this word problematic. It's not that hard to stop using it. I just stopped using it. You know, mm. um, there, there was another term. I, I can't even remember what it is, 
but it, it, it was somehow connected to Judaism. Um, mm-hmm. That another word I just didn't understand the background of and got called out for it. And I said, okay, you know what? You're right. I wasn't aware of that. Won't use it again. I've never used it mm-hmm. since. I don't even remember what it was. That's how easy it is. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so like, you know, and it's the same with the, with, with, with the gendered comments. I'm a dude person. I say dude all the time. I love mm-hmm. the word dude. I grew up with yeah. the word dude. I grew up in New Jersey as a, as a surfer kid. Like, you know, that's, Dude was part of my vernacular. And now as an adult, now that, you know, the transgender community is more prevalent and more out there and more known, you know, they're not a huge fan of the word because it is typically a male centered word. Mm -hmm. And if you're talking to somebody who identifies as a woman, they don't want to be called dude. Even if you meant it, you know, unisex, they don't hear it that way. And so I'm, it's, it's, it's not that hard to not say dude. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we're adults. Most of us are adults. You're supposed to be an adult to have a TikTok account. We're adults. We have jobs. Right. If you go to a job and HR pulls you aside and says, hey, you need to stop calling your coworker, dude. Are you going to a stop calling your coworker, dude, keep your job and pay your bills? Or are you going to go out there and in spite of them, call them, dude, and then get fired and lose your job? Right. You wouldn't you wouldn't risk your job. Why risk your internet personality? You know, if hmm. if you slip up and you do something that's not inclusive, just adjust accordingly. It's, I don't know. I just, mm-hmm. I feel like it's, it's something that's so inevitable, but also not that hard to adjust from that I just think, you know, it's, it's not something we should live in constant yeah. fear of personally. You can, you're allowed to make mistakes as long yeah. as you learn from them and, and uh, better yourself that way. As that's, long as it was a genuine accident, as long as it was mm. a genuine accident, like if you're out there throwing out the N word, right. And you mm. go like, Oh, but I always said it as a kid. No, this is 2024. You know, that word is not acceptable to come out of certain people's mouths. Right. My, I cannot say that word. I know that. Right. So if I were to accidentally say it, that's not an accident. Right. But if it's, if it's a genuine accident, like, Oh, Hey, I didn't know I was doing anything wrong and you own up to it and you, you make the effort to move forward the community will forgive you extraordinarily fast. Mm. Yeah, that's that's good advice. I, I I think I will try to keep that in mind for myself personally. Um, just kind of, just kind of like being more bolder, I guess. Not not bolder, but like. No, I know what you mean. Get, yeah, yeah. Be be like um, controversial in the non bigot way. Like, yeah. Not not yeah. necessarily controversial either, but like, I guess like, for me at least, um, you know, I, I worry about like how people are going to perceive me, you know, if I'm like being inclusive or not. And, but my idea of that might be a little bit like extreme for myself, you know, so like I'm going to try my best to not say anything wrong ever kind of thing. So, um, but like, maybe, maybe it's fine and maybe it's holding me back from like producing like certain types of content or having certain kind of mindsets, uh, or being like, uh, progressing myself in a more positive way. I don't know if that makes I, any sense. It does. It does. I, I, I would just say, have a little more faith in yourself, right? Mm. Like, like I said, you know, we're, we're, we're straight dudes in an ever evolving world. We're going to make mistakes. Yeah. We, we, we have biases that have been built into our brains since childhood. We all have different childhood experiences. We all have different traumas. We all have different levels of toxic masculinity. I mean, I grew mm-hmm. up in a very toxic masculine house, played sports, mm-hmm. joined the military. Like I, toxic masculinity is built into my psyche. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm going to make mistakes. Right. But I also have faith in myself that I know I'm a good person and, you know, Chuki, I've, I've known you for a, a little bit now. I know you're a good person. If you ever slipped up, it would not be on purpose, right? And so, you know, I, I guess just my advice to you specifically is just have more faith in yourself. You're, yeah. you're a good dude. Do what you got to do. Don't stress if you slip up. And if you do, it'll be fine. You're going to slip up. Even if you stress you. about it, yes. you're still going to slip up. It's, it's just, it's inevitable. Yes. I, I like what you said about like, you know, you're a good person, but also like, I feel like you're a person that's capable of learning from things too. And, uh, I think, I, I think I, I am too as well. So I guess I'll, I should have more faith about, um, like making mistakes and being able to learn from it. Um, uh, 
that's kind of the mentality that I take with like Magic the Gathering stuff and like why I'm fine with doing rules content, even though like the internet is very, they'll nitpick at every little detail and stuff. <laughs> um, oh yeah, they will. But like, if I make a mistake with Magic the Gathering, like that's fine. Like I'll, I'll learn from it and, and I'll, I'll admit that I made a mistake. So I, I, th I think I could do the same with, with um, yeah. the broader world too as well. What's actually um, really hilarious about what you just said though is that you're you're very capable of admitting you made a mistake when it comes to magic, mm -hmm. but like maybe not the other way around. Like like that that's something you need to work on. I'm the exact opposite. If I make a mistake like socially, mm -hmm. I'm I'm like oh dude you're right. My, see I just said dude again, but like oh like you're right. Like you know I gotta work on that. Blah blah blah. But if somebody corrects me about like content, like a video or something, ooh man, like ah. Hmm. Even if I'm wrong, I almost pull a Wizards of the Coast sometimes and I'll double down anyway. And I'll be like, no, fuck you. I'm right because I'm like, make up some reasons. Like, I just, I hate Try to justify what you wrong. say. Yeah, <laughs> it's a problem. It's it's something I've had to work on since childhood. But God, I hate being told I'm wrong. It sucks. You, is there anything that you do actively or is it just something like you try to keep in mind for yourself? It's like... I think it's something I just try to keep in mind for myself. Um, and if I'm being honest, I think TikTok has helped me a lot because mm -hmm. the amount of comments that I have to ignore and the amount of video replies that I have to ignore, it's getting me in a good place in real life where like, I'm still not great. Um, the people in my mm -hmm. non-content creator life will tell you that like, you know, I'm very quick to pull out Google that it, it's, you know, we're, we're having a conversation. I'm mm. like, nah, I don't think you're right. And I'll just start looking it up. Like, I don't need to do that. But um, I've definitely gotten better over the years. And I think it's just, yeah, it's mm. just habit of, you know, when you get thousands of people every month telling you how stupid and dumb you are, and you learn to ignore that, when it happens to you in real life, it's just kind of like, it almost feels like a real life TikTok comment. You just, just walk away from it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting how I feel like content creation can also make a person like a better person. Because uh, <laughs> like, I know with the comments and stuff like that, like for me, I take it like as an opportunity to try to like, learn how to communicate with other people in a like healthy manner kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's super, super interesting to me. I, I envy that about you truly. Like, you know, it's one of the many qualities of yours that I wish I could emulate because, you know, yeah, it, it makes for good content. And I think it's kind of become my shtick at this point, but man, sometimes do I wish I could just let something go. Hmm. Like, yeah, I think some, a lot some of, of the, yeah. Some of the back and forths I have on TikTok, it's like, it was a shitty comment from a no name user with like a car as their profile picture. Did I need to argue with them for two hours? no, like, did they learn anything from our discussion? No. Did I become a better person as a result? No. Like, all it did was ruin my night for no reason. I, yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, sometimes the comments get to me, too. It's, it's, it's tough, but I think it does... Every opportunity that that presents you is an opportunity for you to kind of, like, learn or grow from. Yeah. I will say what, what, what I've tried to do in recent months is... If I reply to your comment, it's usually in a joking manner, even if I'm being passive aggressive. Um, like, for example, recently I got called a communist because I thought it was wrong for a CEO to take home $9.4 million in bonuses while laying off 1,100 people, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and so the, the person called me a communist. And instead of arguing with them, I turned their video in or, or their comment into a video where I like pretended to be a communist and it's one of my favorite mm, videos I've I made in a long time. <laughs> or, or the whole magic boy thing. Somebody, somebody dismissed my entire video and was basically like, shut up. You're just whining magic boy. And so now I'm making magic boy merch. I've renamed my channel, Mr. Doggo dude, the magic boy. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to get in the habit of using comedy instead of arguing. And mm. hopefully that will get me out of the habit of needing to argue with everyone about everything. Yeah. And like, you don't have to like justify yourself to all these people all the time too. And like, yeah. even though it's like a small thing, I guess in our minds sometimes, I think it still adds up to, 
to like kind of our own like mental health and, and stuff like that. Yeah, but, I agree. Um, so one thing that I feel like I struggle with a lot is kind of authenticity. Um, is that something that ever kind of crosses your mind? Like if you're being authentic or like uh, if you ever feel like you're kind of putting a face or a front or a character or something like that, do you ever um, struggle with that? I, I think it was more a problem in my early days on TikTok. And mm. now I think I'm more my authentic self. Mm. Um, it, it, it does get a little frustrating. So, so basically, you know, before I go on one of my long tangents, um, when I first started TikTok, I was aggressively positive um, in mm. the sense that like every video was like, hey, everyone, how's your day? hope it's hope it's beautiful what's your favorite card and it's like mm. that's just that's just not me like mm. anyone who's known me for more than 10 minutes outside of a content creation sphere knows that i'm kind of a curmudgeon you know i'm a very bitter jaded person um i'm i'm funny i try to be nice to people but at the same time i do tend to take the more pessimistic view on things it's just just who i am i'm working on it i'm not there yet um, so the overly aggressively positive version of me, like if you scrolled back to, and it would take you like 10 minutes, but if you scrolled to the very bottom of my channel, you would be like, who the hell is this guy? Like mm. what happened to him in his life that he went from that to this, but truly nothing happened. That was an act. That was mm. a, a mask that I was putting on. And then slowly I started telling more edgy jokes. I started clapping back at people that started getting me good responses like people enjoyed that and i had just eventually realized that like i think people like the real me more than the fake me you know the 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 mm. the unauthentic version of myself was just uh one of many generic creators versus the doggo dude that you know is a unique person and it's like mm -hmm. i just needed to let that go and be myself now to kind of spin off that one thing I do hate, though, is I hate when I do one or two videos that are a little out of the norm for me, and somebody watches that, and they're like, oh, this is all you are. This is all you do. And it's like, it's not, my guy. Go look at my channel, see what I'm about, and see that like I'm more than this one video. And like at those times, it does sometimes make me like second guess a video. Um, when I'm, when I'm doing something and I'm like, you know, is this a little too out of my norm that this isn't me being me, that, that this isn't the regular jackass self that I, that I like to be. Um, but I think ultimately what convinces me to push on is that, you know, this concept of authentic self, I think when a lot of people think of this, you tend to put yourself into one singular bubble. It's like, well, mm. who is Chukimon? And you reduce that down to one thing. When it's mm. like, who is Doggo Dude is a multifaceted, very fascinating nerd that, that is into many things and has many opinions and has many emotional spectrums that it's like, you know, yeah, one day I'm going to joke about how your lands are ugly. And the next day I'm going to do a serious video about how I'm upset about something because I'm genuinely upset about that thing. And it can get frustrating when people are like, oh, you're just, you're just posting this, like, you know, for, for the, for, for the clicks. And it's like, it's yeah. not, I have an opinion on this topic and I'm telling you my opinion. It's like, mm -hmm. I'm allowed to do that, but you know, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I know for me, it's kind of like, like maybe certain scenarios or certain situations. I feel like I'm, I, I'm maybe acting a little differently um and maybe that's appropriate for like whatever the situation is like uh the me that at work um is different than the me with my wife kind of thing and i've always kind of like wondered like what's the balance like is that me at work like it feels like me or am i just kind of putting up a face or like uh like am i trying to be perceived a certain way it all comes yeah. down to perception for me so i oh, think yeah. Yeah, people pleasing is something that's like very ingrained in me and like um I want to work on getting better with that. I think content creation has helped helped me with that. Um trying to be a little bit more of myself little yeah. little by little. 
and and see i think that's i think that's another point for tiktok why it's my favorite social media platform is i feel like and 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 this is no knock to any other platform it's just the nature of how things are i feel like when you are on twitch right you are putting on a live show mm. you are in character you're over the top you're trying to be entertaining right when you're making a youtube video a long form content video you are acting right you are producing a video with a script and you are acting and you are mm. being a character even even if that character is yourself it's a character version of yourself right mm. versus tiktok which is literally half the time it's i picked up my phone i aimed it at myself and i expressed my opinions so i feel like tiktok really helps us be our authentic selves because characters don't sell as well on tiktok versus people being themselves. Some of the funniest accounts on TikTok are people just existing. Like really really funny people like uh one of the first videos or uh TikTokers that got me into TikTok was and I, I don't remember her name. I feel bad about this. She has like 10 million followers. She doesn't care that I don't know who she is. But it was the lady that would uh she would sleepwalk and she put up uh security cameras in her house oh, to yeah, record her sleepwalks. She, that's not a character, right? Like she was literally just showing us what happens when she goes to bed and mm. she blew up, right? Like TikTok is where you go to be yourself. And I, and I love that about TikTok. And like, yeah, there's, there's produced content. Like your stuff is very produced and it's very, mm. you know, you do your research and everything. But at the end of the day, it's you talking to your audience and helping them get better at the game and making it more accessible. You know, it's mm. not, you know, Chukimon the character, it's Chukimon. Like it's, it's who you are. And that's, mm. I just love that about TikTok. So I'd, I'd say it's part of it is like what I am, but I don't know when I watch your content, it feels like that's you. That's, that's doggo dude. That's him in real life. And you are kind of the same in real life. Um, for me, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. And my, my content is a little bit more produced. I guess there's space for kind of both on TikTok. Yeah. Um, Maybe we just have like different forms of content that just kind oh, of for sure. senuate like parts of ourselves a little more. For sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, I can't express enough that I love TikTok for the reasons I love TikTok, but not everyone's doing the same thing I'm doing. Not everyone mm -hmm. is having the same experience that I'm having. And I know people that hate TikTok. I know people that gave TikTok a try and they absolutely despised it. I know people that are currently trying to grind on TikTok and they're hating you know, the, the results they're getting. And I get that, you know, not every app's for everybody. Like I said, I personally don't love YouTube. Um, I'm not capable of doing Twitch. I cannot be that entertaining for that long. Hmm, like yeah. you've, you've got me for 20 minutes and then I need a nap. Like, feel like I you just, have to like be on all the time with, with yeah, Twitch. it's exhausting. Even when I appear on other people's Twitch streams for like commander games and stuff, I just feel so exhausted afterwards. Like I'm like, I do wow, too. it was tiring. So yeah. I, I really You're respect extroverted. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine introverts trying to be Twitch streamers. It's yeah. mind boggling. Yeah, yeah. Um, something that I do feel like you're very good at is speaking. I feel like you're a very good speaker. You like, you speak very well and you're articulate and you say your thoughts that you have in your head and you're able to present it in a solid way. Uh, do you have any background in that or do you like, well, why are you so good at speaking? <laughs> no, no. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I hate to make this sound like a joke, but it is the truth answer. It's out of spite. Um, I, I was a very energetic child. I was a very talkative child and I had a very unsupportive family. Uh, basically, you know, they tried to silence me at any chance they could get. They shamed me for being talkative, like all this stuff. And mm. at a very young age, it's just almost out of spite. It's like, it's it was almost like they wanted me to be an introvert. And so I aggressively became an extrovert. And mm. it just, I mean, for as long as I can remember elementary school, I was always the kid on the playground getting everyone to play a game and like, you know, hey, let's play X-Men. And I'm like assigning people their X-Men and like, you know, then move into middle school. And it's like, hey, you know, let's let's get this game of dodgeball going. And then high school, I was the captain of multiple sports teams, uh, chief editor of the yearbook of the newspaper. Um, then I go off into the military, which, you know, I get put into multiple leadership roles where I'm forced to give pep talks to people and stuff like that. And I think it's just 
kind of just been this trajectory my entire life of, you know, out of spite, trying to be the most extroverted, talkative person I could be. And um, mm. I, I do think at times it's built bad habits. I do think I'm a bit of a ranter. Um, I'm a bit <laughs> of a uh, over talker, over sharer sometimes. Mm. Um, but, you know, also even in my non-content creation job life, I've been in a managerial role some way, shape or form for the last 13 years. So it's just, I don't know. It's, it's just kind of been uh, thrust upon me. And I, I just, yeah. you know, cause, cause people so ask me this all the time, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I really wish like, you know, we, we have friends that are on the introverted side in, in the, in the community that have asked me like, you know, how, how do you feel so comfortable doing this? And I wish I had a good answer. I really do. But it just, that's just yeah. me. Uh, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense what you said about like, um, it's not like your family kind of had a, a bunch of thoughts of how you should be kind of thing. And I think that also makes sense with like, with commenters with like them telling you something, and you just yep. want to defy them and tell them no. Oh, no, that, it's, it's, yeah, I will, I will own up to this 100%. My my need to constantly fight people on TikTok is childhood trauma, hundred percent. Now I've never mm. been to therapy to confirm that, but like, it is what it is. I have mm. been told I was wrong my entire childhood by everybody in my life to the point where I became a very defensive person, and that has bled into my adult life. And yeah, it's it's not a great habit. Like it's not. It does serve mm. me well in some cases. Like for example, mm. I'm it's not hard for me to stand up for myself. I know mm -hmm. some people struggle with that where, mm. you know, they, they tend to let people walk over them or they take slights towards them that they maybe should kick back against. I don't have that problem. If you come at me sideways, you know, I'm like a mirror, you know, what you put this way is coming yeah. right back at you. If you're nice I feel to me, like I'm you nice would do to that you. for, I feel like you would do that for other people too, that won't oh, stand up time. for themselves. And if you all see that you'll, you'll probably step in. Yeah, like, I, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to virtue signal or like, pat myself on the back. But every political battle I've gotten in on TikTok, whether it was about trans rights or bigotry or anything, it was always at the defense of someone else. Um, so like when Nordic, like I was telling you earlier, made his short bus joke, I'm neurotypical, right? Like a short bus joke is not offensive to me, because it doesn't relate to me. But like, I knew I had friends in the community who I knew this joke is going to hurt them. And it did, you know, I, I reached out to them and we were talking about the whole situation and they were like, yeah, that, that joke was pretty hurtful. And so I went full in on trying to get that guy out of the community. So, you know, yeah, you're right. It is, it is good sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. it is, it is a fault sometimes mm -hmm. my, my, my personality, but I try to find ways to, I guess, weaponize it in a good way for hmm. other people you know yeah because it's also great for whenever i participate in charity events and stuff i'm mm. pretty good at raising money when i when i have to because i'm so extroverted i will mm. message people i will make videos i will do projects like i will do all this stuff and it's like so i take that negative trait that was kind of forced onto me as a kid and i use it to put some good back into the world yeah i feel like a lot of like like everything in the world's kind of like on the spectrum. Um, and I'm not just talking about like the autism spectrum, but just in general, just like extroverted introversion, uh, being a good speaker, uh, all that kind of stuff. And like getting that slider to the right spot where it's like, you're not oversharing and where you're like not even standing up for yourself is yeah. kind of like the balance that, that people kind of have to, uh, fight with all the time. So, oh, yeah. yeah, but I think I will, that, I, will, uh, I will say this though. I will say this though. Going back to one of the first points I made in this whole conversation, uh, like an hour ago at this point, mm -hmm. we're all faking it till we make it, right? As confident as I sound sometimes, I still get very nervous in large crowds, but I just push through it. And I know that's not, that is not my advice to people. I know that's a very neurotypical, uh, ableist thing to say is just get over it. Most people can't do that, but that's mm -hmm. just what works for me. So like, mm -hmm. for example, we applied for a panel at MagicCon Chicago. Not sure we're going to get approved for that. But if we do, pay attention to my face 10 minutes before we go on stage. 
you're going to see how nervous and scared I am. But when I get in front of that mic, it's like none of it exists. Hell, you might even notice my hands are going to be shaky like shit. But when mm. I'm when I'm there and I'm talking, I'm going to be calm as a cucumber. And it's just, you just got to do it. You just got to, you know. Yeah. Yes. I, I feel like you have certain experiences that helped you to develop that kind of skill. And I think oh, yeah. it's something that everyone could could potentially develop, but um, I don't know what you did in your previous in, or in your lifetime, but you did something that made you really good at that. Um, but yeah, we're getting, uh, I think we're at a good spot of wrapping things up. I know you have Ooh. some things to do. So um, do you, anything that you want to else that you want to share or like um, your, your channels and on all that stuff? Yeah, sure. So um, as we said at the top of the show, uh, Mr. Doggo dude, I am primarily on TikTok. So if, if you really want to get my thing, go there. Um, I'm also a co-host on a podcast, Snarg's House of Sin. Um, it's a very chaotic, uh, loose form conversation style uh, podcast. It's very similar to the conversation we had today uh, with a lot more raunchiness and uh, chaos. And <laughs> yeah. uh, episode one, I show my feet. So that's fun if, if you're into feet. Um, and then as far as upcoming things, uh, I am most likely going to be at MagicCon Chicago unless I announce otherwise. Um, and then coming soon, and I've been saying this for about six months now, but this is legit. I've got the Kickstarter ready. Um, in the next week or so, I'm launching a Kickstarter for a playmat that I'm going to be selling. And 100% of the profits are going to go to the Rainbow Youth Project. Um, it is a amalgamation of Joven fan arts. Um, for those that don't know me that well, I am kind of the Joven guy on TikTok. It's a Magic the Gathering card that's very obscure. Most people don't know about it. Um, mm -hmm. But anyway, I had like, I think by the end of it, almost 50 artists come together. And, and even non-artists, people that just doodled pictures. There's almost 50 different drawings of Joven that are all jammed onto this playmat. And for legal reasons, it's 80s Rocker Man. Um, but I, I finally got a printing company that's willing to print it and isn't worried about getting sued. Um, I finally got a good pricing model. Um, I got it down to a good like dollar per unit so that we can raise a bunch of money. Um, I'm, I'm going to ship them all myself from my house like a madman. Um, but yeah, they're going to be $30. It'll be a full-size regular playmat with all this art generated by the community. No AI bullshit. Um, and yeah, hopefully my goal is to raise at least two to $3,000 for the Rainbow Youth Project. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's something I'm very excited about. I will be making more official announcements about that in the coming week. So it's awesome. I'm going to have to pick up one of those. I think oh, yeah. I drew a piece of art on there as well. You did. You're on there. Yep. <laughs> you are on there. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thanks so much for, for coming on, being my first guest and having this great conversation. Uh, and I definitely want to have you back on again some other time, but heck yeah. And, yeah. uh, it's mutual. I want to have you back on my show again. Yeah. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. Cool. All right. Cool. All right. Thanks.